Hello and welcome to Inside Your County Government, a podcast that brings you an inside look at the people and events in and around county government to shape your Charles County. I'm your host, Brent Huber. In this episode, we're talking emergency management and preparedness. We'll be right back. Welcome. When we think of emergencies, it's not always red and blue flashing lights, EMTs, firefighters, and the sheriff's office. Joining us right now is Michelle Lilly, Chief of Emergency Management for Charles County, to talk about the other side of managing emergencies. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's start off with something, something easy. What is emergency management? Emergency management is uh, preparing all of the county and the community as well as our emergency responders to respond to emergencies that are beyond the capabilities uh, that we currently have on an everyday basis. So if we get overwhelmed in a house fire and we have to call in resources from outside the county, uh, that's when emergency management kicks in. We come in and we coordinate that effort. And before the event occurs, we do the planning countywide. Uh, we try to help citizens get prepared for emergencies so that they have emergency supplies in place uh, in the event that emergency services cannot get out and respond to them within 72 hours. Mm-hmm. So that's like for large-scale disasters, storms, any type of natural hazard kind of thing, right? Which would be uh, hurricanes, thunderstorms, lightning storms, windstorms such as derecho, pretty much any hazard that you can possibly think of. Right, and you have a book that you have prepared, <laughs> correct? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, got, it's, it's our emergency operations plan. And, I mean, some of that is, is, is critical to responding yes. to these emergencies. Yes. We have an emergency operations plan, and basically it tells us how we interact whenever an emergency does occur and who comes to the table with resources and how we apply those to our emergency response. When you're talking about the emergency operations plan, what kind of challenges are you faced with when you, when you develop one of those for, for Charles County? Um, I think the, the biggest challenge is probably that um, people aren't as proactive as we would like them to be for preparing for these types of emergencies. People think it won't happen here or it can't happen, and when it does, they're going to be completely unprepared unless they spend a little bit of time trying to come up with a game plan for how they're going to communicate with their families and how they're going to take care of themselves whenever an emergency occurs, or even in-house, how we will coordinate with one another agency to agency in order to apply the resources that we need to respond to certain types of emergencies that exceed the resources that we have locally. Yeah, because in a in a large scale disaster, even a moderately scaled one, where where emergency services, the responders are are overwhelmed with emergencies, we really have to look outside or even rely on citizen to citizen, neighbor to neighbor type of care. Yes, absolutely. We have mutual aid agreements that we utilize on a daily basis with the surrounding counties. We also have one for the state of Maryland, uh, and then we have one for the national capital region. So we can call in resources from any of those different localities to assist us during any type of an emergency. The scale of which we do that is, again, dependent upon the type of emergency and when it occurs um, and whether those jurisdictions are also being impacted by that same emergency as well. Um, And then the state also participates in something 
something called the Emergency Management Assistance Compact, where they can request assistance from outside the state and bring it in if they're overwhelmed. So it's really a cascading type of MOU system uh, so that we can continue to receive resources to respond um, as we need to during an emergency, depending on the scale. But Yeah, but it's just not us or just not Charles County calling for emergencies. Charles County can also be called into a region to help assist with an emergency, right? Yes. I mean, that's what those agreements are for. Absolutely. We routinely respond to other counties on a daily basis with um, um, EMS as well as fire resources, and those agencies responding kind to us. We're covered underneath the Maryland Emergency Management Assistance Compact, and we did send resources up to Ellicott City during their flooding event. Um, we've had other events where we've sent resources out, such as in Hurricane Sandy, we sent EMS crews to New Jersey, and it was covered underneath those mutual aid agreements. Wow. The podcast you're listening to is part of Charles County Unscripted. Charles County Unscripted is your place for news, stories, and information from all areas of county government. To find more great podcasts, visit us at charlescountymd.gov slash podcast. Or find us on Apple Podcasts under Charles County Government. So when we talk about natural hazards or natural disasters, you know, one of the, the big things is being prepared. And I once heard that you want to prepare on the blue sky day for the not so blue sky day. Talk about preparedness and what, what people should do to, to, you know, be able to help themselves. Well, we just recently um, went through the process of updating our hazard mitigation plan. And that process allowed us to identify what hazards Charles County is susceptible to, such as tornadoes, thunderstorms, uh, lightning storms, derechos. Believe it or not, our number one most frequent hazard is hot and cold events. So extreme heat and extreme cold events occur more regularly than any other type of hazard in the county. And part of that process was after we identified what those hazards were, were what we would do in-house for how we plan to respond to those types of events. And we're hoping also that you know, our citizens can uh, take the list of hazards and they can apply that to um, how they would prepare uh, their own family for hot weather and cold weather events or uh, tornadoes or hurricanes. And one of the number one things that we try to promote in the community is to make sure that you put together an emergency kit that would provide your family with sustainable items for 72 hours. So you should have one gallon per person per day in water. Um, you should also have food, non-perishable food items. You should make sure that you have your prescription medications. You should have some cash because ATMs don't usually work whenever there's um, a power outage and things like that. Make sure you have extra food and water for your pets. And there's a whole list of different things that you can do. In order to prepare yourself better, you can go to ready.gov online, and they have active lists of everything that you could possibly put in your emergency kits. We also ask people to know where you're going to get information about things such as shelters or evacuation routes or uh, any other hazards um, incoming. And that's, that's really an important issue, too, because getting that information or receiving that information, we put a lot of faith in our phones, but in a large-scale disaster, 
phones may not necessarily be working the way that they are expected. So it's kind of encouraged to have like the weather radio. Yes, we also encourage people to have weather radios. You can buy a hand crank that doesn't require power. You can get weather radios that run off of batteries. Um, the hand crank radios, though, you can just crank it to to charge it so that you don't need to have it plugged in. And all of that information is broadcast through the weather radio channels on there from Sterling, Virginia, the National Weather Service. And some of those do also offer FM and AM bands, and that's kind of the fallback. Yep. You know, in a, in a large-scale disaster, just regular radio is probably the, your main source or your most reliable source mm-hmm. of obtaining information. So with the hazards we have here, we are in the middle of hurricane season. And there was a program that you were telling me about called Know Your Zone. Yes. Very recently, we went through the process with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to update our storm surge areas that are susceptible during a hurricane event. Part of that was to establish evacuation zones, and Charles County now has two evacuation zones, Zones A and Zones B. Um, In order to find out what your zone is, you can go to knowyourzonemd.com and input your address, and it will tell you whether you're in evacuation zone A or zone B. And whenever we have an actual hurricane event impending and Charles County government um, makes the decision to call for an evacuation, we're now going to call for zone A or zone B, and you can find out what that zone is so that you can start getting prepared now for if you were to have to evacuate due to one of these hurricanes by going to the website and inputting your address. Very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Now, there are other ways that people can get alert messages, too. Can you talk a little bit about CNS and and what that is and and where people can get alerts? Um, Yes. A few years back, Charles County invested in the Citizen Notification Service to ensure that our citizens are the first to know anytime there's an emergency event. We also have things in there like road closures. The sheriff's office has some categories in there that they can notify you for different things and utilities, and it's really a fantastic system. Um, We recommend that everybody sign up for it. You can even go in there and sign up for the specific weather types of alerts that you would like to get. You can even get coastal flood warnings if you want or coastal flood advisories. But the big one is definitely the tornado warning. Um, Once you come in and sign up for the system, you input an address, and it could be your home address. You can even put in additional addresses such as work or your children's school address. And anytime there's a tornado warning or any other type of weather warning, you will get an alert based upon those addresses. And it's very specific to um, what the tornado warning path is issued out of national weather. So it's a really great system. Uh, You can get a lot of information from county government, and we recommend everybody sign up. If you just come to the charlescountymd.gov web address, there's a little banner. I think it's on the bottom left that says CNS in blue and white. And if you click on that, it will take you to a web page where you can sign up for it. It's definitely worth signing up for. Sometimes just for the road closures. Yeah, it <laughs> is. You, know, you see the traffic <laughs> backed up, and you're like, why is it backed up? Oh, my phone just went off. Look, this, this road's closed. I need to go around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just for that. So it's, it's everyday useful, not just for emergencies. Yep. So I definitely encourage people to sign up. So what got you into emergency management? (laughs) She laughs. Um, Well, actually, I graduated uh, from WVU with a master's in public health. And there was a company out of Alexandria, Virginia, that was looking for people that were experts in public health to assist with bioterrorism exercise and evaluation nationwide. Oh, wow. So I got hired by them. 
And they did exercise and evaluation everywhere from Japan, Hawaii, Virgin Isles, and Los Angeles. So I actually flew a few times to Los Angeles to help them do some of their uh, bioterrorism preparedness exercises. Um, it was pretty fun and very interesting, but it was a serious commute because I was living at Pax River, Maryland at the time. Yeah, that's uh, quite a commute. Yeah, from it, Pax was, to Los it was. It was. So when a local emergency management position opened up in St. Mary's County, I applied for it, and um, I was the planner for them for a number of years before being promoted to their manager. And looking to expand, I moved from St. Mary's to Charles in 2009, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Well, it's <laughs> good to have you here. Because I know, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, we've got some good plans. I mean, I, I've, I've seen them. I've been in emergency services here for a while, and yeah, we've got, we've got a good system here. I would certainly hope so. Everybody seems very communicative, and that's a huge thing during emergencies. Everybody has to be able to communicate and communicate well in order for uh, emergency activations to go smoothly. And everybody here is friendly, and they seem to get along, and that helps out immensely whenever we have emergency activations and we have these huge responses that we have to do, such as the derecho and Hurricane Irene and uh, right after that Lee and and some other different instances that we've had uh, over the years. Yeah. All right, Michelle. Well, thank you so much for being here and letting us know all about emergency management. Well, thank you very much. 